Book of the Raven. You are no longer in the room. The room itself has drifted away. So he landed, has snatched her in his mouth, and is looking now to go ahead and take flight. If you are indeed headed to the building, no, it is a cursed place. Along the roadside, there is a, a sign written in an archaic script that, with an arrow, pointing to the house and calling it Chalet Brantifax. And ask, is everything all right? Hess is going to yell out, no. There's some weird thing attacking searches and draw her longsword. And I guess I will try to kick open the door if it's unlocked. If not, try to bust it open. Give me a strength check. 23. Yeah, absolutely. You kick open the door with uh, with great commotion and almost kick it off of its hinges. So, uh, so you used 15 feet of movement to get to where you are. So you can take more movement or take an action as you see fit. If, and it's down in the grave. So I'm going to move closer, but try to stay covered behind you. Probably the headstone's up top. So I'm going to move her over towards that first headstone. Okay. Next is Kess. Kess has dropped the three-section staff on the ground, drawn the long sword, mm-hmm. and sort of leaps to Search's defense and takes a swing at the hand. Yep. Where is the hand in relation to Search's? It's off to his right-hand side. And in fact, as you get to the edge of the grave, you can see now a second hand beginning to dig itself out of the dirt and a twisted body with this demonic face on it. You can see them starting to work their way out from the dirt from below. All right, so I am going to... The body seems like the greatest threat, so I am going to attempt to stab and pin it with my longsword from above. Okay. As my main action. Okay. So stabbing downward, it's a very big thumbtack, and I'm trying to pin down this body with it. Mm-hmm. So that would be uh, 19. Yep, a 19 will hit. So that would be 10 damage. 10 damage, okay. And it's up to you whether I succeed in pinning it down. You do not succeed in pinning it down, and it does not seem to take much concern with your attack. So as my unarmed strike that goes with that, I will um, heal stomp the hand that attacked searches, which is the most imminent threat, right? Okay. So that would be 21 to hit. That will hit. And that is eight damage. Yep. So as you step on it, it's it had kind of crawled up the edge of the uh, the shovel to go ahead and attack him. As you heel stomp it, you come down. It slides down the handle of the shovel beneath your foot, and you uh, hit it on the the like the top part of the blade, uh, and it 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 splatters with a icky sound. Quite dispatched. Next, the the large ghoulish looking thing is 
it starts looking at you and its eyes start glowing this this odd green color and i need you to make a wisdom save please that would be a um 14 yep okay yep you are it's looking all all boogly boogly but not actually uh not actually giving any effect it does have two attacks searches and kes it will attack both of you uh kes pick red or yellow please I pick red. Red. It's a 21 to hit and searches. This is a 17 to hit for you. Do either of those hit? I'm hit. You are hit. Me as well. You as well. Okay. Both of you will take uh, six points of slashing damage. Uh, Kes, you've already been targeted with your wisdom save for this round, but searches, I need one from you, please. 15. 15? Okay. Yep. Uh, that, that you will succeed. That's fine. And then that is its turn. So searches, it is your turn next all right how deep is the grave right now mm, three feet all right um i will scramble on out uh heading northeast just a couple of spaces he will get an attack of opportunity from you as you leave yep that will be a 16 that hits and you will take six points of damage all right so he claws at you as you try to leave and then for my action, I will summon my bow, and that will be it for the turn. Fabulous. Candy, there is commotion in the graveyard. Yes, and the slats, I can see what's happening, or at least hear it. It's not like you can't see through the slats, but it's it's definitely, it's a, it's a little obscured, okay. but there's definitely a commotion going. Absolutely. So, and Candy... don't forget, too, Kilvarex ran through, I, basically ran through the great, like a freight train, so... Yes. Yeah. So, Gandhi is going to take advantage of the uh, open door policy okay. here. And then from here, I can... Now, when Kess uh, heel-stomped one of the hands, mm-hmm. did it perish, or did it just kind of break a knuckle? Uh, no, it definitely seems... Uh, no longer to be a hand. Okay. But I do see this dude here climbing up out of the ground. He's exactly. So he's starting to claw his way out of the grave. Yep. Okay. I am more than 15 feet away from him, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. So I would like him, please, to give me an intelligence saving throw. It's a nine. That is going to be a failure. Okay. So that would be four points of psychic damage. Okay. And if in the next time that it would have to make a saving throw, it subtracts a D4 from whatever it ro- is rolling. Is that a condition of some sort or just an effect? Of that is that is an effect of the spell. Okay. The other hand that was in the grave climbs out and begins scaling the wall and disappears over the top. We are at the top of the round. Kilvarix. Kilvarix is going to yell to everyone, get back! And pull out his multicolored holy symbol and start trudging forward with it, glowing brighter and brighter as he stopped. Unholy abomination! By Io, I banish you! And uh, channel divinity to turn undead. Cool. There's a wisdom say for everyone within 30 feet of him as he's moving forward. Okay. Uh, cool. He is not undead. Will those of us in the house have heard that shouting at least? Yes, Ally and and on through the broken windows, you definitely hear some sort of commotion going on outside the house, but it's unclear what exactly it is uh, that's going on. Kes, it's your turn. 
Kess is a little flummoxed at the failure of her longsword to do any damage to this creature. Faced with a creature that doesn't seem pierceable, Kess is going to make the very uncharacteristic move of disengaging and following Kill's advice. And so I can disengage Mm -hmm. from this creature in front of me and uh, spending a key point to do so. Leap back to beside Kilvarex. Can I see through the slats of this gate? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not like a solid wall. Like you can you can see through the slats. Yeah. Can I see the hand scurrying away? Uh, give me a perception check. That would be a eighteen. Okay, it's not trying to be particularly stealthy, but let's see what happens. Uh, yes, you can. Yep, um, and it is in fact. Um, uh, so it jumped over the fence, um, and uh, it's kind of hard to tell what direction it is, but basically it's a good 30 feet from you. It's still right along the fence, kind of right right down the wall there. Can so, I fire an arrow at it through the course. fence? Of course. Sure. Uh, it would be at, at disadvantage because of half cover. So that would be uh, a 17 to hit. Okay. Oh, no, sorry, uh, actually a 19 to hit. 19 to hit. Uh, cool. Yeah, that will hit. So that would be 11 damage. Cool. You pin it to the ground, uh, and it starts leaking this greenish ichor. Seems quite as dead as a hand can be, right? (laughs) Okay. The creature in the grave is next. It will crawl out of the grave, and it will move... Oh, he can reach you, Searches. So he will move up on you uh, and attack. Uh, He has two claw attacks. I don't think either will hit. The best one that I've got of the two is a 12. Those miss. Those both miss. Fabulous. And then Candy, since you uh, hit him with that weird psychic blast thing, as he rushes up, you see his eyes again doing this weird greeny look thing, and I need a wisdom save. That is going to be a seven. A seven. Fabulous. You are frightened and paralyzed. Unless you have immunity. I do not. Fabulous. Frightened. It is a ability of the creature. You are frightened and the (laughs) frightened target paralyzed. Gotcha. Searches, it is your turn. All right. So Searches is going to pull back on his bow again. And this time a kind of wispy white arrow appears as he lets it go, and a gust of wind erupts from his bow. Is there any penalty for using that so close to an enemy? I wouldn't think so, based on what you're doing, I think. I don't don't think so. I'm not 100% sure on casting in close proximity. Yep. Uh, It's just your arcane focus is your bow, right? um, So that's gust of wind, so any creature that starts its turn in the line, which would be just straight south from me, 60 feet long, 10 feet wide. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, if it starts to turn in that, it must succeed on a safe, uh, a strength saving throw, and push 15 feet away. Cool. Fabulous. Candy, it would be your turn, but you are paralyzed. So Correct. Do you have any passive actions that you're taking or anything? I will try to mumble out with whatever incoherence I can. <laughs> Kilvarix, it's your turn. So... Can I tell that he is not moving and is unnaturally still? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Candy is a skilled warrior. Warrior recognizes warrior. Um, and the fact that he is standing exceptionally st- 
still and mumbling like a battle rager means that he's not right. <laughs> so I'm going to move next to him, put my hand on my on his shoulder, grab my holy symbol. And Which direction I, are you going to, when you say next to him, where are you going to be? Uh, right, just close enough to touch him. I have to be able to touch him. Put my hand on his shoulder and holding my holy symbol being, I owe heal you of what ails you and cast lesser restoration on him. Cool. Candy, would you like to remove paralyzed or frightened? Uh, paralyzed, please. Okay. So frightened, uh, you'll have disadvantage on ability checks and attack rolls. Yep. Okay. Cool. Excellent. While I'm doing this and get a good look at it, is there any way I can find out what it is? Do I recognize it? How about... It didn't turn, and it's not a celestial, a fey... Any of the things that I can turn, which I can turn a lot. Correct. Give me a history check. Uh, history or arcana, your choice. Uh, they're both the uh, Yeah, they're both the same. So. Yeah. I got a 12. Cool. So if it's not undead, which is what you tried to turn, then it is some sort of construct of some variety, which given the knowledge that you know about like fake creatures and things like that, constructs are, constructs of this type, like hideous constructs are the domain of, of uh, hags and witches and things like that. So the fact that it looks like a scarecrow too probably means that it might even be like a constructed scarecrow, like some sort of uh, an animated construct of some sort. It's gonna burn. Yeah, Kess. Kess can see very clearly that since this creature is not susceptible to piercing damage or bludgeoning, there's not a lot she can do here except run to tell the others to get okay. out of here. So she is going to, of course, she can go a pretty long way, so. Doubled your movement, what would your movement be? 80 feet. <laughs> and of course I could go to the window and yell in the window. Fair enough, you could. So do you wanna, do you wanna do that or do you wanna try to run in the front door? Can I get to the front door? I'd rather be able to come back too. Yep. Let's see. I don't want to abandon the others. Just, just call, summon help. You certainly could. You could get in the front door. Okay, so I'm going to run as far as the front door and yell in the door. Get on out here. We need help. Okay, Alari and Anon, why don't you give me your initiative rolls, please? I had a twenty-two. Rock on. And Anon. Twenty-one is what I just rolled. Okay. Um, so you have just now been alerted to uh, Kess is yelling at the front door, come out here, come out here, we need help. Uh, since you guys are so high in the initiative, I'll let you take uh, take a re- take your rounds now. So, Alaray? I'm going to run to the front door and pause okay. and wait for him to catch up to me. Just outside One, the front door where Kess two. is now. So you get 30 feet of movement, right? Or are you going to double move? I'm going to double. Yep, that's fine. Okay, so you can be right outside the front door. Okay, and Anon, how about you? I'm going to uh, double move and dash as well. Uh, so how many feet does that give you? Uh, 30 per uh, walking. Yep. So 60 total. Cool. Excellent. So you can, you can, you will get outside. Uh, you're outside the front door where Kess is. Kess, it's actually still your turn and you have about 20 feet of movement left. So I'm going to tell them what I've seen so far very quickly. There's this creature. I can't stab it. I can't hit it. It has glowy eyes, paralyzed candy. We need some magic here. And I'm gonna run 20 feet back toward the others. So Kess 
yelled in the door, you ran to the door, she spouted out that information, and then took off running again. Searches the sands. You are being attacked again because you are the creature directly in front of it. Make uh, a safe, a uh, strength saving throw. Oh, thank you. Yep. Uh, that's a natural 20 on the strength saving throw. Sorry about that. I've got a 13 and an 11. I don't think either of those are going to hit you again. Nope, both miss. Cool, rock on. Uh, so now he's getting frustrated that he hasn't been able to hit you, so I need a wisdom save, please. 10. Cool. So the DC on the wisdom save is 11. Uh, <laughs> so you are frightened and paralyzed. But his turn's done, so, you know. Uh, it is your turn next. You are frightened and paralyzed. Does your spell end when you are paralyzed? Um, it's just concentration, so I don't think that breaks it. I wouldn't think so either. Candy, your condition actually ended when the Scarecrow's turn ended. So you are no longer. Oh, yeah. And it is your turn. All right. I am going to unlimber my greatsword, and I am going to cast a green flame blade, and Mm -hmm. I am going to charge in and smack him. Okay. So that is going to be a dirty 20. Okay, that will hit. And that will be for a crappy roll of six points of fire damage. Excellent. He does not care for fire at all. Well, Kilvarik said to burn it, so we shall burn it. Yeah. Hold on one second. Okay, he did not actually ignite, which is good. Depends on your perspective. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, we are back at the top. Kilvarik's. Sandwiches with sands. Unfortunately, I used my last spot on candy, so I'm going to have to go offenses on him. I am going to breathe into my hand and fling a firebolt at him. Fabulous. You've got an angle on it. You might want to move to your right a little bit to go ahead and make sure you don't catch the cat on the way by. But yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. Whatever I need to move, however I need to move to be able to fling yeah. I think that, that would get, that'd be fine. That gives you a nice angle in between there. Yep. I got 12. What's that? A 12? Uh, a 12 will hit. Eight damage. Cool. And that's fire? Yes. <laughs> okay. Excellent. Uh, he still did not catch on fire, but at least he hit. Um, he did not care for that at all. Alari, so you are way up here. Kess has taken off around the side of the house. Where do you wish to go? I would like to run if I can get within 60 feet of it. I think you're good. It's 40 feet. What are you doing first? And then we'll figure out whether or not disadvantage well, would apply. Spells I don't have. What okay. I was going to do was throw a psychic blade at it. Yep. Still a disadvantage then. And the movement you gave me was just my movement with a dash, right? Uh, that was just your regular movement, not your dash. Oh, oh okay, cool. Yep. Well, then I'm, I'll dash down. Because I believe that I can still throw blade at this point, correct? I mean, you double move. Bon- that's a bonus action. I can do it as a bonus action. Yep. Okay, if you can do it as a bonus action, then yes. Okay. <laughs> not that it matters. I have an eight to hit. You did not hit him. Right. Anon is next. I'm going to run down the path uh, using a dash as well uh, for my action. Okay. Let me just. Cool. You will get just inside the fence. Okay. Um, do you have any bonus actions, Anon, or is, is that it? I do not. That is it. Fabulous. Kess, your turn. I am going to move back, so at least as far as Enon, whatever 40 feet is. Yep. 
Okay. Uh, 40 feet. Uh, yeah, so you were 20 feet ahead of him, so you would get basically right to the gate also. Okay, like so you, you're just... small enough that you can slip by him if you want. I definitely want to slip by him. I'm not abandoning the others, even if I'm not much use. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to attempt, at the very least, to distract the creature just by firing my longbow at it. Okay. That would be 16 to hit. That will hit. And that would be uh, 8 damage. Okay. Does anything happen to it? Uh, the arrow sticks in its side, but uh, it again, it doesn't seem to register uh, much about it. And again, Kess is deeply unnerved by being unable to cause any damage. Okay. Uh, the Scarecrow will go next. Candy, now that you have moved up on it, it is going to uh, retaliate and attack you. Uh, Poor thing. All right. It's standing its ground. So, Candy, two claw attacks. One of them is a 22. One of them is an 18. I will shield, and only one of them will hit. Okay. You will take, so I- yep. You'll take six okay. points of damage, and uh, when it hits, uh, you need to make a wisdom save, please. It is a, a nine. Okay. You are frightened and paralyzed. It got in your head last time, and now like, you turn. You're so close to it, and it reaches out at you and claws at you, and you remember what the, the, the pained depth of its green eyes did to you last time. Frightening stuff. Uh, searches. Actually, I need a wisdom save from you also, please. 22. You are not frightened by him. And being the end of its turn, you are uh, freed from your previous condition. Candy, you are frightened and paralyzed, so. Correct. Yeah. Um, Cool. As the fight wages on, from beyond the wall of the graveyard, something that looks like a flame bolt, Kilvarax, you have seen this before, shoots from something flying in the air. And it hits the scarecrow in the back. Uh, the scarecrow uh, begins to immolate and, in quick order, falls to ashes. As it does, a large were raven lands in the graveyard on the other side of you. Its large, black, majestic wings kind of fold up, and it it looks you over, and you hear it in a a surprisingly melodious voice for such a large were creature asks if you are friend or if you are foe. Am I still paralyzed? Uh, no, the scarecrow is now dead, so you are no longer paralyzed. If your quarry is with this thing and I'll kind of kick at the burning straw, then we are friend. You are not from here. And the were-raven will shift into its human form, revealing a, a lovely black-haired woman in a long, flowing black dress that it's almost like her, her, the wings and the feathers of her wear shape crafted themselves into the clothing that she's wearing. Um, and she extends her hand at you. You are not from here. How did you, how did you arrive at our home? Alari is going to like shift her weight to her back foot, so to speak, and mumble at Anon, another damn where. I was not aware they came in bird form, too. I think they can come in any form you can think of. We are here from a book that was not intended for us called the Book of the Raven. 
Hmm. Do you know who it was intended for? I'll turn and look at uh, Cass and, and... Cass pipes up and says, Matrias. Her face grows a little serious. How did you come to possess it? It was delivered to the coach that I traveled in to Candlekeep. Surely that is where Matrias is. I do not know this person. Kess pipes up again and says, was, I'm sorry to say, he's dead. How do you know Matrios? We are well acquainted. He has come here many times. He has been seeking answers to a mystery. What was he trying to find out? Well, that's actually why we summoned him. We had information for him. But if he has passed, perhaps we can relay our information to you instead. Would you come inside and join us for a meal? I'll kind of wipe off my blade. Hospitality is accepted. She, she turns to the house and in a language that you can only describe as cawing and clicks and uh, snaps, several other large ravenoid creatures fly down from the, from the rookery at the top of the, uh, of the house here and begin filling the grave back in. Are they standing there watching or are we walking? As they come down and they start, they start filling the grave back in, um, she starts walking out of the graveyard and says, please, follow me. They will attend to Helene's grave with care and with respect. This one is called Candy, and I'll hold out my bag of, of ribbon candy. Would you like a powdered confection? She will reach into the bag and get a piece of candy. By what name are you called? My name is Vinique. You would be our honored guests, please. If you are friends of Matrias, you are friends of ours. And she walks into the walks into the house and she stands in the doorway and she puts her hands on the wall a little bit. And it's almost as if the age of the house begins to fade away slightly it's still old and it's still not in fabulous repair but where before there were drab paneled walls the paneling is a little bit a little bit brighter and a little bit more vibrant here and the the dust that inan had been looking at before is less apparent and she leads you into the dining room with the large oak table and the and the oak chairs that you had seen through the windows and that that Alari had almost walked into before the unfortunate incident outside besets you. And she invites you all to sit sit at the table, and she'll have some food prepared. Uh, is there is there anything, please, in particular that I can send to you? Alari pipes up bacon. The finest hogs in all of the realm are here. As you're sitting around the table, there's a like a small buffet type table uh, uh, over by the fireplace there on the hearth. There are some 
painted uh, pictures and Kilvarax and Kess, uh, one of them is of Matrias's face with Vinique, the woman that you're talking to now, and they have their arm around one another. And he seems quite happy in that, in that picture. You know, he is younger by a great many years than when you saw him, much less frantic and much less uh, concerned than, uh, than you remember him, but it's certainly his face. Vinique pulls up another chair and, and sits down. So you tell me that, that Matrias has, has died. Yes, I'm sorry to say. It had been a while since I had seen him, and I wondered if age had finally taken him. It was not age, it was a nymph. He was attacked. Hmm. Matrias, unfortunately, has been, or had been, researching dark forces. What do you know of him and where he comes from? We know that his village is plagued by some evil. We were supposed to be helping him, and I'm honor-bound to continue that. So if you have any information on how to... Dragonborn friend, I have good news and I have bad news. I have information, but the information is not going to help you, unfortunately. I can tell you what's going on in some degree of confidence, but I'm not sure what needs to be done to resolve it. Let me explain. What do you know of where you are now? Only what the Vistani told us. We're not in fair room. Double speaking bastards, the lot of them, aren't they? <laughs> they certainly seem evasive. It's by their nature. The Vistani are a secretive and protective people. They have, they have a great many things to fear, and they are also extremely powerful. They're one of the few beings that can natively pass from the realm that you are in to the realm where you belong. The fact that all of you came all at once is somewhat remarkable. The passageway that we built was built for one. That six passed through it unharmed is nothing short of a miracle. But I'm glad that you came through safely. The issue that plagues Matrias's village is that the village itself is falling into our realm here. It is leaving the realm where it belongs and passing through. How is that possible? The Plains of Dread do not pull. They do not consume. People and objects and places do not gravitate to the Plains of Dread. Instead, places and people and things are pushed from your realm into the realm of the dread. This is what we have been looking into for Matrias because it is very rare that a village on a whole or a, even an area of any size begins to traverse through the mists and enter the realms of Ravenloft. And yet it is happening. Can Rex know what a real realm of dread or Ravenloft is? Give me an arcana check, please. In fact, anybody with an arcana skill that is over eight can also roll to see if they have any recollection. Candy, you understand this already. This is, you may not know the names necessarily, but your understanding of extraplanar spaces, this is not unusual cosmology for you. I got a 25. Yeah, exactly. I got a 14. Cool. So that's enough to know that you know stories of realms which are not natural realms that beings of extreme evil 
either create or have created for them. The process that which that happens is largely unknown, but that it happens is known. Would we know she mentioned a specific dread realm? Would we know, would a 25 know of that? Yeah, you understand that the nature is, the nature of this particular type of realm is that there are many of them, not one, and that they tend to be smaller than like interplanetary realms, right? Um, they are they are smaller and more and more personal than your traditional realms. Uh, but you also know again that it's unusual for like an entire area to to move from the proper realm where you belong to another realm. And so, as she talks, she says that whatever is causing this to happen is not here. The powers that govern this realm are not pulling Matrias's village to us. Something there is pushing the village into this realm. This is what we were researching for Matrias to go ahead and try to answer this question for him. He has been one that has was able to traverse the realms, and he found us several years ago. We have been friends for a great for a great long time. We were doing this research for him, trying to understand what was happening to his home village, and all that we have found is that we know it is not. It is not from here, but that indeed his village is beginning to slip itself into the mists. And how did you come by the mists? We live here. We've always been here. In an evil realm for evil people. There are places that innocents get trapped, my friend. Not everybody who lives in an evil realm is evil. I'll turn to Kilvarix and Kess. Uh, have you been to this realm or this village of which Veronique speaks? Uh, it's on the to-do list. No. Puzzling. How did you come to know of the village, Dragonborn and Drow? I saw it burning. There was a messenger from the village requesting Matrios's aid. We went to it at Matrios and vowed to help him. Hmm. When Matrios expired, the quest to save the village turned to those of us honorable enough to take up that mantle. Hmm. Indeed, that is, that is a noble quest. I wish you great success because uh, surely there is some creature of extreme darkness driving the events that that messenger foretold. Matrias was quite aware of the calamities his village was experiencing, although he did not know the cause. And unfortunately, the information that we have that would have provided him further information is too late. But hopefully, if you are willing to take up this as an honorable quest, Perhaps this information will help you in some way. Can you tell us any more about what you think this creature might be? Unfortunately, from this side of the mist, I can't tell you that. However, I can give you some observations that might help you refine what it is that you're looking for. You would be looking for a being not only of extreme evil, but of remarkable callous nature and remarkable depravity. These realms are not forged around someone who 
is merely a general of an army or merely a corrupt leader. It is when somebody takes those positions of power and abuses them in such a way that those that are subject to their depravity are affected in the gravest and most severe ways that the very cosmos that governs everything for lack of a better word, gifts them. And by gifting them in this way, dooms them both to eternal torment and a environment with which they can perpetually explore their darkest desires. Sounds like you describe any average illithid. Tell me, do you think I can stab him? I would not suggest approaching him if your weapons are of a mundane nature. What a curious question, though. Why do you ask? Kess looks crestfallen. Kess, come to me next time. I can make your weapon hurt him. Kess brightens up a little. As can this one. Is there anything besides knowledge you can give us to help us in our quest for Matrios? Perhaps. Wait here. Dinner will be served shortly. I will return. And she stands up and walks down the hallway that you that you came down originally. As she leaves, the door to the kitchen here opens. Fabulous, fresh scents begin to pour out. It's still a little British, <laughs> you know, heavy meats and fine bacon, no fresh greens, potatoes. No here. Uh, <laughs> the yeah. snake will fall over and eat. So I will actually stand and move over to Alari and I will kind of lean over so that like if the people are outside the room they can't hear me, but people us we can. Like do we show them the raven amulet or will they claim its bounty, do you feel? You identified it? I was just going to ask what you thought of them. They are were creatures. Yes, turns to the others and says, Do you know the legend of Circe? I don't know, do I? I am new to this realm and new to your realm. Its mythology is often baffling. Eating food can be perilous. Can anyone verify that the food is not magical? Well, that could be said of any creature of the Feywild. And these realms that they speak of do not have normal entrances. They are not travelable, much like my journey from the Astral Sea to Faerun. So what are you saying, Candy? One cannot simply just choose to enter one of these realms. One must be summoned or one must earn their passage through dark deeds. So someone is earning the passage of the whole village? Is it really or work that way? Taking it with them, as the ravens said, this is a puzzling case. And I'll take the amulet out. I will cast Identify on it without using a ritual. Okay, cool. 
So as you cast identify on it, you're staring at it um, and you feel like the raven begins to animate and everybody else at the table sort of sees candy enter some sort of a of a spell trance right it's a, he's casting the spell and he seems to be communing with the item candy what you see is uh it's like you your sight passes into the raven and the raven begins flying around and it's flying around the chalet and you can see everything from about 30 or 40 feet over the ground as it flies around the chalet. And then it flies back through one of the cracked windows and lands back in the, the circle surrounding it in the necklace. And uh, and you return from your trance. Uh, so it seems as if that's the ability that the pendant uh, grants you. So, so divination of a sort, like, scry- like a minor scrying? Like flight sight, yeah. Well, I should go ahead and see from 30 feet above where you are. So it appears that it allows a limited form of divination. One gains an aerial view of their current surroundings. Uh, any idea of how many times it could be used or if it has any like charges or, or... Only that it requires attunement. You feel like you would be able to, to use it uh, up to your proficiency modifier per day. This could be a valuable tool on the battlefield. Alarai has requested and claimed this, and I'll put it on the table in front of her. And as I walk back to my seat, I will stop at Kilvarix. Your honor is appreciated. The contract must be fulfilled. And then nod and take my seat. Kilvarix will nod back. Again, what do we do about these were-ravens? We bleed them for information. Oh, he just asked them. Normally, I wouldn't leave the. Normally, I wouldn't really leave a, a coven of such creatures, but it doesn't seem like this realm has anyone for them to infect. I sense Not- no ill will from the ravens. They've been friendly towards us and invited us in to their home. They may not be traditional lycanthropes. Alarai lets out a large sigh. Something to add? No. No. Not right now. Curious. They would make a a valuable unit of scouts. We are still trapped in this realm and they may be our only way out. So for now... We appear to be trapped in trusting them. They did give us the gift of hospitality. And the riddle, the book is the key. So there must be another book. <laughs> Kess, Candy, and uh, Searches the Sands, uh, Vinique has appeared back in the doorway to the room that you're in. And she is, hand- she is holding a medium-sized mace. I'll kind of shift my feet and take a guarded stance. Kess turns to her and says, what's that for? There are items in the house here of the former Brantifax family that we have no need for. If you are going to be picking up the quest for our friend, perhaps there are some things that we can do to help. And she walks over to the table 
and between the plates of food uh, places the mace on the table. And there is an inscription running down the handle that just says, my heart, a ball of burning flame. Can I retrospectively say that as she, as I would have heard her coming back in, I would have scooped up that amulet and hidden it? Sure. That's fine. This sort of looks like my kind of weapon. The best that we can determine, it will help you, like it would have helped you with your straw friend uh, that you encountered in the graveyard. It seems to have fire properties. I really liked the way you immolated him. We do what we can to help those who are in the wrong place at the wrong time. I'm grateful. My tabaxi friend, why would you choose to dig up a grave that you do not know the occupants? Well, I do wish to apologize. You see, I believe this place abandoned. and It was less grave robbing and more archaeology at that point. Hmm. Quite. Well, we apologize for the deception. We did not know if we could trust you when you first arrived, so we did our best to keep you from getting close. Truly just a misunderstanding. Hmm. Surely. One cannot judge a book by its cover. An interesting observation, friend, because we are still left with the challenge. If you wish to take up this quest for Maturas, we still have to get you home. I will recite the riddle. A cute little rhyme, nonetheless. Matrias thought himself quite the poet. Really, he was forgetful and sometimes would make it all the way here and to forget how to get home or make it all the way home and forget how to get back. And you know how to get us back? Mnemonic devices. Hmm. Childish. Certainly, my friend. We have the book that you would need to be able to get back from whence you came. The books function as two sides of a door, right? You open one and you are able to step through to where the other one is. One book is a is a item of this realm and the other is an item of your realm. So we need to only open the other book? It acts mm-hmm. as an anchor. Yes. Seems a little simple. Well, it's cross-planar magic. I assure you it's not. No, no riddle or, or code word or anything? Just, no just open the book? No riddle or code word. You just open the book and you will be transported back where the other book is. In fact, I'm curious. I wonder why you didn't wind up here when you opened the book in your realm. What is it about the village that is unique to this place? I mean, nothing specific. That, that the well. Is, that village has long been been abandoned. I wonder if it was a side effect of the fact that there were six of you passing through instead of just one. Perhaps the magic wasn't strong enough to get you all the way here. That would seem a logical conclusion. Hmm. But what about the map? Fortuitous lucky find? Map of how to get here. If we were supposed to just arrive here. Alright, yeah, you're looking for an insight check? Go right ahead. Yeah. That's gonna be a 10. Cast <laughs> join on that, seeing as Cass is the one. Yeah, you're talking to her, that's fine. Sure. Yeah. Also not very insightful, just eleven. Just eleven. 
you don't get the feeling that she's lying to you, but you do get the feeling that she doesn't know that that interplanar travel magic is at its core, a little wonky. So she really doesn't know why you found a map. She really doesn't know why you didn't wind up here at the chalet. She's merely positing possible solutions, but also you're not getting any sense that, that, she did it intentionally, right? Or that she had any control over over the, the direct passage. Once the items are made, the items are made. You don't feel like it was anything necessarily malicious. There are a hundred reasons why it could have happened, uh, but she really doesn't feel like you finding the map in which way was anything more than a coincidence. I sort of smile and, and shrug at her as if we had a shared bewilderment and sense of mystery mm-hmm. at this. So to make sure we make it back to Candlekeep, do we need to find some way to augment the power of this other book? A fabulous question. Is the book nearby? May I inspect it? Uh, Sure. I can go get it. She leaves the room again. Kess turns to the others and says, does any of you mind if I stow away this mace? Have we had the effects, or have we been here an hour where we'd have a short rest? Yeah, you, you've been you've been sitting down and eating for an hour. Sure. Okay. Then I will use arcane recovery mm-hmm. and get back two first level spell slots. Okay. I will use one of them to identify the mace if Kess will allow me. Kess explicitly asked for help with the mace, and so <laughs> is delighted to allow you. The mace is. A light mace plus one with the flaming quality. So it would it does fire damage when it hits. Not additional fire damage, but just Correct. its base damage as fire. Yep, not additional damage, just its base damage as fire. It requires attunement, but other than that. I'll explain that to Kess. And says, I love fire. Once you have locked your will to it, it will convert the damage to fire. So, Cass glances around and places it in her pack. The more I talk to these were-ravens, the more honorable they seem. They could be the small beacon of light in this dreaded land. It does appear such. I don't know who painted that portrait. It appears that Matrius agreed. I agree. Alar, I would like to take a really good close look at her in that portrait. Sure. Like close enough to uh-huh. do the thing. I need, uh, so make your intelligence check and keep track of that, please. So after several more minutes, uh, she appears again in the dining area here. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is carrying a book that looks very similar to the book that you saw in Candlekeep. It has black leatherish cover it is bound with a red sash just as the other one was and uh she places it on the table in front of you my my dragonborn friend you pose an interesting question and i believe now that now that we know that more than what was intended will be passing through the doorway to the book. We can channel some of the energies of the realm around us to ensure that you get home. I hesitate to use the word safely, but I do intend to be able to get you home. 
while she's having this conversation with Kilvarix, I will be casting Identify on the book. So the first time that you cast, but you still were able to see it was like uh, it was like one of those like black hole geometry shapes, right? Where it's like it's like when you when you cast Identify on the book, it was like in in it drew itself to an infinitesimally distant point, like through the geometry of the world, right? When you cast Identify on this book, you see the same thing. So this and just very much identify reveals it very similarly to the book. Um, and this book on its cover has the Rook and the Brave in its inscription. Do I see any way that the magic could be enhanced or strengthened if indeed it was the weakness of the spell that caused it to go astray? Like pump a spell slot into it or something like that? Exactly. I mean, you are not familiar with the magic of the book. But somebody who was familiar with the magic with the book could certainly do that. And so if Vinique is saying that she can do that, that it passes Arcana muster to be logical enough to work. I'll relay that, you know, and kind of nod at Vernique and her, you know, arcane wisdom. I cannot guarantee. I have never done this before, but understanding enough of the magics that go into the book lead me to believe that we can at least get you home, if not get you home in mostly one piece. If the power of my arcane might would assist you, it is offered. I would hesitate to bring magics from another plane into this one to try to augment this book. That seems like a recipe for disaster. I appreciate the the offer of assistance, though. Would you like us to try? There is much research that I still wish to do back at Candlekeep. Before we go, I have one question for you. Of course. If you don't, if you don't mind my asking. Of course. How do you, and she's going to flutter her fingers kind of a little bit and, and go, how do you change? How do I, how do I change? It is just the nature of who I am. All right, I will sigh. <sighs> okay. Thank you. Before we go. I, for one, would like to thank you for all you have done and in the assistance in our quest. And if you ever need anything that I can help with, just ask for Kilvarix Tiamanthalus, and I will do whatever is in my power to repay the favor. You have shown much honor here. Kilvarix, a friend of Matrias, is a friend of ours. If we ever find ourselves on your side of the mists, we will seek you out. If you ever find yourselves on our side of the mist again, you know where we are. You have shown honor, Candy, of the Red Fang Mercenary Group. Captain, at your service. With that, she steps back from the table and begins an incantation in an unrecognizable language it doesn't seem earthly and the walls around you begin to shimmer with that purple miasma that first emerged when you opened the book uh and it is almost as if it is swirling around you in a in a tornado of of arcane expression and as she holds the tornado in place uh, she looks around the table and says, open the book to begin your passage and safe travels to you all. I will reach out and open the book. As you open the book, the purple mist that flowed from the first book 
begins to flow out of this one until it fills the room. And just as it fills the room and the light of the candles and of the fireplace dim into darkness, again, you see a small light emerge from the purple mist. Eventually that light becomes brighter and you see your friends around you as the mist begins to subside slightly and Eventually, you find yourselves back in the small room that you left when you opened the book the first time. Arlington still stays in the corner, hand up a protective shield in front of him, and over time lowers it. And you find the the black Book of the Raven closed and a red sash wrapped around it sitting on the table just as it did before. Arlington looks around and says, "Well, are are any of gonna gonna open the open the book or or what are we doing here?" I will take the red sash and tie the book back up. Well, are, are, are we not doing this now? Is that is that what's happening? We're we're not going to do this. It is done. Hess speaks up and says, "Arlington, you know that thing where going to spaces takes no time at all." Yeah just happened huh all right well i want to hear all about this in the morning morning sounds good i'm really sleepy and that is the end of the book of the raven if joining the tabletop journeys actual play games sounds like the kind of fun you're looking for be sure to check out patreon.com slash ttjourneys where patrons of the Tabletop Journeys podcast not only get early access to all of our episodes, but they get the opportunity to play in our monthly actual play games where the dice are wild and we make every roll legendary. <laughs>